Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the first episode of Crossover Daily, Sports Illustrated's daily NBA podcast. I'm your host, Rohan Nakarni, and today on the show, we'll be talking about an epic night of NBA action The Denver Nuggets completed a 3-1 comeback in their second round series against the Clippers with a decisive Game 7 victory last night, led by Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. We'll also be talking about the Celtics and the Heat's Game 1 thriller in the East Finals, with Miami taking a 1-0 lead thanks to a massive, gigantic, shocking, earth-shattering block from Bam Adebayo in overtime to preserve the win. Joining me to break this all down is the Ringers, Paolo Ugetti. Let's start the show. Okay, so joining us right now on the inaugural episode of Crossover Daily, he's one of my closest friends here in Los Angeles. He's a staff writer at The Ringer, a graduate of the Annenberg School of Journalism at USC, the Wilt Chamberlain of Hinge, and a taco enthusiast. Please welcome Paolo Ugetti. Paolo, how's it going, my man? What an intro. Um, I definitely take issue with one of those things you said, but we don't need to get into that. Um, But thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem, and I'm always happy to drag you down into the filth uh, where I live. <laughs> um, I mean, just one of the more memorable days of NBA basketball in the longest time. I'm so excited that we get to talk about this right now. I'm so excited this is the first episode. Uh, could not have asked for two better games. I think we obviously have to start with Game 7 between the Clippers and the Nuggets. Uh, the Nuggets pulling off a huge upset, coming all the way back uh, from 3-1. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic just thoroughly outplaying Kawhi and Paul George in Game 7. In terms of the most shocking playoff results over the last few years, where where does this one rank for you? Because I think it's number one for me. It's so weird because on paper, it it is by far one of the most shocking quote-unquote upsets you could talk about. But in, in another way, 
you know, as somebody who who was at a bunch of Clippers games throughout the season when we could still go to games, um, you can you could see that there just was never a complete cohesion there. You know, they 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 would look amazing based off their talent alone. So in some ways, you could have predicted that them not gelling together, them not having this chemistry was going to come back to bite them. It, but, but regardless, I think it's more just the manner in which it happened, which is being up 3-1, allowing Denver to come back, and then and then looking like the way they did in Game 7 is just stunning because it was completely – they were just – it seemed like they didn't want to be on the court. Yeah, they really just – I don't want to say folded or gave up. I think that's a little unfair to them, but they just didn't have it in the second half especially. And you think Kawhi Leonard's going to be – the best player on the floor. I mean, they have two second team all defenders and Paul George, you know, three world-class defenders right there, Pat Bev, Kawhi, and Paul George. And they had no answer for the Murray Jokic pick and roll. I mean, Denver's running the same thing down the floor every time. They just had no answer for it. Uh, Paul George didn't, didn't look confident shooting. It, it just was a, a complete breakdown. It was, it was weird. It's so ironic that, the Clippers, one of the Clippers' most powerful plays, if you will, is that Trez, Lou Will pick and roll, and instead it was the Nuggets combination of that that was killing them. And 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 honestly, like if you were to ask me, did I see a successful Lou Will Trez pick and roll in this entire, you know, in the last four games, I I feel like I would say no because I I just don't remember them looking like themselves the entire the, any part of the last few games, and I, that's obviously like one of the symptoms of how poorly they played. For sure. And, and I don't want to pile on Montrez too much because obviously he's dealing sure. uh, with so much, but this was a rough series for him and a rough, could not have happened at a worse time with him entering free agency this summer. It, a really, really rough series for him. And, and every time he was on the court, it was, it was you know, whatever whatever chicken dish you want to call it, chicken shawarma, chicken lula kebab, barbecue chicken, thundery chicken, chicken tikka masala, whatever alert you wish to fire. That's what it was for Jokic whenever he saw Montrezl Harrell in the series. It was nuts. And it was also just the, you know, while I understand that if you're Doc, you kind of have to play him in some capacity, it was the almost stubbornness, if you stubbornness, will, to, yes. to keep putting him out there, even seeing how poorly he was doing. It, it, it's crazy that we got to this point and the depth that we talked about the Clippers having all season is just non-existent they're having to rely on reggie jackson and it's just incredible it's just like this team is not who we thought they were and we're gonna get into clippers fatalism in a second <laughs> you know the the free agencies upcoming in a year and doc rivers future and w- what this all means but a conversation i want to have and i don't want to get carried away but i know you've come around in the nuggets you were a skeptic and and now you're you've seen the light i've shown you the way I've, I've brought you into the promised land that is Nuggets Hive, hashtag Nuggets culture. But I think we need to have a conversation about the fact that Nikola Jokic outplayed Kawhi Leonard over the last three or four games of the series. And in a game seven, it was Jokic and Murray who were the two best players on the floor. It, that's, a, that's a huge push forward for just the, the Nikola conversation and, and what he can be as, as the lead guy on a team. A hundred percent. I mean, first of all, I just want to, I don't want to give you all the credit for indoctrinating me here into Nuggets culture, but I will, I have no problem admitting that I've been a Nuggets skeptic in the past. And I think that's been a product of a couple of things. One is just obviously their youth 
And two, it always felt like they just lacked that guy who who we would, you know, tag as a superstar. And obviously Jokic has been inching toward that toward that status. I mean, he's been a star, obviously, but he's been going closer and closer to that to that upper tier of of stars in the league that this is exactly what you would wanted to see from him in this season in terms of him solidifying that 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 place i mean i like i said i was a skeptic but i i can't say anything now like they have made me a full believer there and not just Jokic, but the way murray has played and the way he's evolved into being somebody who you can count on in crunch time and the fact that they're so young it's wild it's it really is a product of their continuity and also the the leaps that Jokic and Murray keep making. Like Jokic just has gone from in the last few years or three years, he's gone from a novelty to pretty much a certainty, and it's been remarkable to see. You you can't deny them anymore, for sure. And I want to get to the Clippers in one second. One thing I just want to add, and I don't want to get carried away with this thought or or act like what happened in the series or what's happening this year in the bubble is a paradigm shift because it's, it's so hard to extrapolate from this current situation. It's, it's unlike anything the NBA has seen before. I, as a fan of the league as a whole, I think it's great that we've, we're seeing three teams in the conference finals that were built in a very specific way, which is, you know, sound organizations, good front offices, uh, bringing players along for multiple years. I mean, obviously the heat, it's a little bit more of a blend of both. You know, they went out and got someone like Jimmy Butler, but they also have guys like Bam, Goran Dragic, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, players they've developed in-house that have been playing a huge role. Uh, same thing for the, the Nuggets. You know, this core has been together for three years. They played in some huge games together. Uh, the Celtics, I mean, this is Jason Tatum, his third year, second conference finals already. So I, I don't think we're going to see a shift in in philosophy in terms of how NBA teams are built. They're, they're still going to go after the stars. Free agency is still going to be huge. But I think it's it's a great look for the league right now that we're seeing three teams kind of not not these massive underdogs, but they were built in a specific way. And, and uh, it's a nice kind of counterbalance to what we've seen in the league over the last few years. Totally. No, I think that's a, that's a really interesting point. I, I would say like I would categorize them perhaps slightly differently in that I would put the Heat and the Celtics in one category, which is they have the sound organizations and sound role players around the players that they went and got, you know, for the Celtics, obviously that's Kemba, which is not the same as getting Kyrie, you know, but, and for the heat, that's obviously Jimmy. And it's just the right place, right time, right situation around those stars. Whereas Nuggets are just such a, they're, they're far more of a novelty for me in the sense that they, they really just, this is, like you said, this is the exact core that they've been building with. And they actually got over the hump. You know, last year they went to a game seven and lost, you know, before the conference finals. And this year they, they actually got over that hump. And it's such a it, – you're right. It's it's a cool kind of different way to, to you know, to approach building a team, especially now these days when, you know, everybody says the NBA is a copycat league. And, you know, once stars started moving, everybody's, you know, searching for the next big star. But the Nuggets are here like – we're, we're going to stick with what we have and see how far that can take us. And the fact that it's taken them this far already is pretty remarkable. It's a win for organic growth. So yeah. that's a, a lot about the Nuggets. Let's talk about the Clippers <laughs> right off the bat. You know, you have to wonder if Doc Rivers is a little bit on the hot seat here. His his second kind of high profile blown 3-1 lead as, as the coach of the Clippers. Obviously a very different team. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can both be free agents in 2021. They mortgage their future to put this roster together. 
Montrez Harrell is going to be a free agent uh, this summer. Not a lot of draft picks coming in. I, I mean, this is a team that was built to win right now. They, they have to continue to push their chips to the middle. I, I don't think we're going to see a huge roster overall in terms of breaking up Kawhi and Paul George or anything of that matter. But how worried are you right now if you're the Clippers that, that you're going out in the second round? Do you chalk it up to the bubble or are you nervous? That's the crazy part is that you can kind of chalk up anything you want to the bubble. It depends on how you shape that story because even even the Clippers themselves, you know, post-game we're talking about, you know, some players miss time. You know, obviously Lou, Trez, and Pat Beverly, Pat Beverly all miss a certain point of, of the bubble experience uh, for different reasons. So you could talk yourself into this being such a weird year that in some ways it, it probably – benefited the Nuggets a lot that they had that continuity because they can they were able to now come back from 3-1 twice like that's not not every team is able to do that and the Clippers clearly did not have that chemistry or that sort of resolve that you would want a team to have in a tough situation like this so I think you could if you're the Clippers you, you're probably not gonna panic um you're you're probably just gonna make sure that you know next year you, everything is to a T if you will, even though this was expected to be that year. It's funny because I think that while I do agree that we should talk about the fact that, you know, Paul, Paul George and Kawhi did sign one year deals and, and next, I mean, two year deals and next year they'll be free agents. Just the same way we're talking about Giannis. I do think that it, it doesn't feel like Paul George and Kawhi are in the mindset to like, they're far less, I guess, willing or, or prone to leaving just because they both, it seemed like they both really wanted to come back and be in LA for the rest of their careers, or at least for a good chunk of time. So I don't think they should be panicked in the sense of like, oh, these guys are going to leave. But I also think that now it creates an incredible amount of pressure going into next season. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about the Eastern Conference Finals game one, the Heat winning an overtime thriller against the Celtics. First at the end of regulation, it looks like Miami's going to win the game. Jimmy Butler hits a go-ahead three. The Celtics tie it off a free throw that, that may or may not have been the result of a Marcus, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart flop. Uh, Heat end up winning in overtime. Jimmy Butler goes to the line, hits a, a free throw after an and one, or I guess it was the and one. I don't know how you say that. I've never really known how you say that. Anyway. Uh, the play of the game, Magic Johnson called it the best defensive play he's ever seen in the playoffs. Bam and Abayo blocking Jason Tatum at the rim and getting the rebound from it, by the way. Perhaps just as impressive, uh, sealing the win for the Heat. Paolo, that was an insane game. I said the series was a toss-up, and I thought the Celtics looked like the better team for large stretches. I don't know how Miami pulled it out. What was your immediate reaction to that Bam, play, that Bam block? I audibly... I don't know if it was a gasp. I don't know if it was a yell. <laughs> I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was, but I was, I, I was, it was incredible. It was just so stunning to watch because that's the type of player where you see Tatum go in there and you're like, oh, this is going to be a poster duck. And then suddenly it just, it just dissolves. Oh, it was <laughs> a poster. It was a poster. <laughs> oh, it was, you're right. No, it was a poster. It's like a, it's like a backwards poster or something. Yeah. Um, Man, no, it was crazy. It, and I think, it also just showed how close this series is going to be. Yes. And, and, and I think you're right in the sense that the Celtics look like the better team in different stretches. But I think the way that Miami plays and this kind of 
aura of fighting and grinding it out that they have is exactly why the series is going to be even because the Celtics are have the upper hand in terms of talent, perhaps overall talent. But when it comes down to it, the way that it's executed on the court, that that gap, if you will, is is pretty much accounted for by the way the Heat play and the way they never seem to be really out of it. For sure. I think what we saw in game one was, you know, Duncan Robinson struggled. I'm not surprised by that. I think it's going to be a tough series for him. Uh, Boston's just so good on the wing defending him. Uh, and uh, beyond that, it's going to be really tough for him to play defense because they're going to attack him. He got into foul trouble. I still think this series is going to come down to, you know, both teams were hunting switches there at the end of the game. And I just think Boston has a little bit more to attack than Miami mm-hmm. has to attack. That might mean one more guy. You know, the Heat are going to play Dragic and Hero down the stretch. The Celtics are going to play Kemba. And I just think the Celtics have that one more player to attack. I, I think Tatum is just a more reliable jump shooter than Jimmy Butler, even though Jimmy hit the big three and, and Tatum missed all his shots down the stretch. This this series is almost one that if it was 15 games, I might be, be more comfortable in picking Boston, but seven is almost too small of a sample size for these teams yeah. because it's just going to be so tight. No, exactly. And I think you're right in that that, that shot, Tatum has a shot making a little bit, you know, a little bit more than Jimmy, but like that's what I'm saying is like, this is the t- this is a series and the Heat are a type of team where you you start to believe in like things like you know like clutch <laughs> like like clutch gene and the way that Jimmy was making some of those shots today you're just like this guy just knows that in the last four minutes he's going to be able to take over and hit every shot he wants which is crazy because he's not that reliable of a, of a shooter anyway so it was just I don't know the Heat just have something about them that is hard to explain or even quantify that makes me trust them more. And I think we kind of saw glimpses of that in game one. But but hold on, I'm not going to let you not take off your host hat here and talk to me through your feelings during that band block as a as a as a as a quote unquote heat fan. Okay, as a, someone who grew up in South Florida, you know, lived yes. there for most of my life after moving here from Bombay. That band block brought out a side of me that I didn't know still existed. I was yelling like I had not yelled in many years, maybe since the Ray Allen three. And I scared my dog. My dog didn't know what was going on. I was yelling bam. I was yelling woo. I've never like wooed before in my life. And I wooed at this block. Just Jeremy a, woo. a big, a big scream. I almost opened my window, but the, the air quality is so bad in Los Angeles that it wasn't <laughs> safe, but just absolutely let expletives bams and woos fly and i i couldn't i couldn't believe it i just could not believe i knew bam was going to meet him at the rim and i thought at best okay there's gonna be a foul maybe he'll get Mm -hmm. you know verticality and the refs won't call anything never in a million years did i think he was gonna unleash a block like that the pictures of it are wild his wrist is bending at a 90 degree angle and it's like fully it's almost in the hoop and he's blocking it it's insane it really is insane, um, and it, it's going to be, I, I think, a classic series. <laughs> you know, uh, obviously the thinnest of margins, as you can see. It, it took Truly. someone's ham hand bending backwards into the rim uh, to preserve a win in game one. Paolo, hopefully we didn't make you try that hard on the podcast today as Bam did on that block. Thank you so much uh, for being the first to guest on Crossover Daily. Of course. Thanks for having me.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.